intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. She bobbles it and now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? Steps into it. Pass is Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of The Master Plan. I am Michael Filipkowski, and thanks to the coronavirus, school has been canceled for a little while. We don't know when we're going back. As of right now, it's going to be Thursday, uh, March 19th, but we'll see what happens. So in between that time, I decided we are going to push out a ton of podcast podcasts. you know, uh, audio clips or whatever you, videos, whatever you want to call them. Um, because we have the time and normally I don't get this time. So that's what we're going to be doing. So today we're going to be start talking about the mock draft or what well, we're going to be talking about the draft, um, which is in April or supposed to be in April. Um, and Connor and I have both made mock drafts, uh, only the first round, but we both made mock drafts. And we'll be discussing that today. We'll also be talking about uh, the coronavirus and its kind of effect on sports. But that's kind of um, – that's not the main point of the the, the, the video, I guess, today. Uh, anyways, Connor, thank you for uh, joining us here today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here again. Yeah. You know, it, it's just – it's you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So let's jump right into it. So – Connor and I each made mock drafts, and we we discussed them uh, a little bit before. Um, I will link both of those mock drafts in the description below if you want to look at all of our 32 picks. We won't be going through them all because that's boring, but we will be going through the big picks, and we'll be discussing some of the bigger names in the draft, um, such as Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Isaiah Simmons, uh, and so on and so forth. So with that being said, let's get into it. So... Connor and I both picked Joe Burrow going first overall, and I think he he it, it it's explanatory for itself. I mean, he is the best player in the draft. The Bengals need a quarterback. They're gonna take him. I think it's quite obvious. What do you think, Connor? Yeah, I, I don't see how you could pick anybody else. There's a case for Chase Young, but Bengals need for quarterback is so high that Joe Burrow is the achievement right there. Yeah, um, and I think you know, obviously, this season was his best season. He won the high. Did he win the Heisman? I think he won the Heisman, right? He did win the Heisman. Um, and he he was just successful on on all you know everything he did. He won the national championship, and I think what people really like about him as well is his character and like his demeanor going about things. Um, because he seems very calm and nonchalant about a lot of things, which I think is important when you go into the NFL, uh, because it's, it's a whole new world. You're, you're, you have an influx of money that you've never had before. And that transition can sometimes be difficult. So I think his character will definitely help him through that. Um, but let's talk about the Cincinnati Bengals for a minute, um, with Joe Burrow. Now, this might be an unpopular opinion, but the Bengals last year as a team weren't that bad. Record-wise, they were terrible. But as a team, they did show a lot of promise. And remember, they had Andy Dalton, who's 
kind of a mid-tier quarterback. Not anything special, but, you know, he, he made the playoffs quite a few times. He led Cincinnati to do like a 10-6, and 11-6 division title. So, he was, you know, he was he was good. But they didn't have A.J. Green, uh, you know, their new coach. You know, the Ravens were really good. Um, so they, they didn't face a lot of struggles, but I think they were underrated at the end of the season because they did improve a lot as the season actually went on. Uh, Connor, what's your take on the Bengals? Yeah, a lot of players on the Bengals really showed promise. Joe Mixon for the second straight season towards the end of half of the year, he really had started to get to the place he was last season. Um, then you also had their defense was not as bad as I think most people expected it to be. Yeah, uh, you know, in, during the season they had they had that one close game against Seattle. Um, they ended, I think, it was a one score game, but they lost. You know, they lost, but it was only a one score game. So it feels like I know the media has been portraying it as, oh, this is going to be terrible. Joe Burrow, you know, he, his career is going to go down the drain. But I'm not so sure that that's the case because I think Cincinnati is a lot better than people give him credit for. And next year, you know, I. I no, I wouldn't say expect them to make the playoffs. Don't expect them to make the playoffs, but expect them to be maybe like a a, a seven and nine team or eight and eight team. Um, I think and, they'll be decent. And Joe Burrow has weapons. He right. has Tyler Eifert. He has um, AJ Green coming back. Yeah, and Joe Mixon again. Him. Right, they have a, they have a nice Mixon, balance. Yeah. yeah, and you know Zach Taylor will be in his second year. So I think that you know a combination of those things. The Bengals are going to be better than they were last year for sure. Um, whether they make the playoffs or not is kind of dependent on how good the Ravens are and how good the Steelers are. Um, now, are you for sure starting Joe Burrow? You're not having him sit behind uh, for a couple games. So, my thinking is, um, I for me would uh, not start Joe Burrow for the whole season actually, and and my opinion for that is. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks who come straight from uh, college right to the NFL, and they play that first season, and they don't have a lot of success, particularly in the first couple of games. But over the course of a season, they don't have a lot of success. Uh, just speaking generally, if we look at quarterbacks who have had that kind of year, like remember Lamar Jackson had had he didn't have a full year, but he had eight games. He had nine games to learn the playbook. Uh, you know, sitting behind Joe Flacco. Um, Kyler Murray, on the other hand, didn't have that, right? And struggled quite a bit. The team didn't do terrible, but they weren't great. You know, you look at Josh Rosen, who was in the same scenario, right, from college to the NFL, started, and it kind of blew up in his face. So for me, I would, uh, assuming you don't trade Andy Dalton, I would sit Joe Burrow behind Andy Dalton, my goal would be a year, um, a full a full season, but you can probably get away with like ten games, eleven games, sure. And that's what and that's what kind of like the um, Broncos tried to do this year before Flacco got injured was exactly, to sit, yeah, um, yeah. They tried to give Drew Lock Drew Lock behind Flacco. Yeah, no, and that was smart. And if you look at the result, the result was pretty decent, right? You know, they ended up having a decent record at the end of the season. So I think if you give them that time to learn the playbook. Especially in that first season, that's key. Moving on, uh, both of our second picks were Chase Young. Um, this guy, you know, if it weren't for Cincinnati's need for a quarterback, Chase Young would go number one overall, I believe. 
Um, this guy's a beast. He, he is a game changer. And for a Washington Redskins team that really struggled on defense and has for a very long time, he could change the whole chemistry of that team, which I think is huge. Yeah, and although the offense is quite bad, mm-hmm. um, all things considered, they have a good defense. Right. And adding Chase Young to that young starting up defense mm-hmm. could really set a set a precedent for the coming years of Redskins being a top defensive team. Right, and it could also provide. Uh, it could also provide. Sorry, I just got news that Donovan Mitchell has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, you know, this thing is, you know, coming in as we see. So, uh, yeah, but <laughs> anyways, uh, Chase Young, you know, he that he could, you know, change the defense and provide shorter fields, which could give a struggling offense maybe some more confidence, which is, you know, what they might need. Um, so definitely a game changer there. You know, we don't need to talk about him anymore. He's incredible. Um, Detroit Lions, Isaiah Simmons. Um so there, was, there has been a lot of talk that the Detroit Lions, you know, maybe they should take Tua, maybe they shouldn't. Um, look, it doesn't matter. The The thing about the Detroit Lions, in my opinion, is they are just a losing culture. Um, and, you know, bringing in a rookie quarterback isn't going to change that, um, in my opinion, especially a guy who doesn't want to be there. Um, but with that being said, I think they take Isaiah Simmons, who, you know, was incredible. Uh uh, in the, in the combine, combine and during the yeah. season, um, really impressive, um, and you know he'll work well with Matt Patricia, who's a defensive-minded coach, um, and he will be able to stop the run, which I think is a, you know something that the Detroit Lions had a problem with during the season. Um, you know, ball security or not ball security, but getting the ball back, um, because their offense did show potential when you know Matthew Stafford was in. Um, look, I don't think Matthew Stafford is bad, um, but he, you know, it's a tough division you're in. You got the Vikings who are, who are, you know, really, really good um, with Kirk Cousins and Thielen and maybe Diggs and Dalvin Cook. And then you got the Packers who are, you know, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, you know. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. The list goes on and on. Uh, and – the Detroit Lions, you know, I don't know if they have enough. They they have showed a lot of promise on offense. Uh, you know, I go to that game when they played the Chiefs, um, and they could have stopped the Chiefs on defense. So this, you know, this could this could uh, you know change it up for them. But we'll see. Yeah, and and one thing um, with the Lions is talks is them trading Darius Slay away. They're mm-hmm. trying to get rid of Darius Slay, which could really open up the Jeff Akuda talk mm-hmm. on the Lions. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you here that Isaiah Simmons should be the pick. Yeah. Um, and then, so the fourth pick of the draft, Connor and I differed on which offensive tackle the Giants were going to pick. Um, but we did say that they were going to pick an offensive tackle. Uh, he had Makai Becton and I had uh, and I had Werfs. Um, look, when we're talking about the difference between offensive linemen, you know, we're not talking about a huge difference. These guys are both really good. Um you know, there's not there's not that much that differs between them. Um, in the end, you know, it's just going to be who they like better for their scheme. Uh, you know, a little bit better, maybe probably who's a better blocker rather than yeah a a pass blocker and rather than a downfield blocker. Um, 
but we'll see. You know, I think they're going to pick an offensive tackle either way, though. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then for the next two picks, Connor and I, again, had the same picks. Uh, Miami, they're going to take Tua. Uh, I think it's mutually agreed upon that Tua wants to go to Miami. Uh, you know, Miami wants Tua, and, and then the Chargers want Herbert, and I think Herbert will go anywhere, you know. Uh, you know yeah, and Herbert, yeah. Herbert definitely showed he was um, at the Combine. Mm-hmm. He was the top out of everyone that um, – Jumbo and Tua didn't compete in the combine other than interviews. But he showed he was the top at the combine of the rest of the QBs. Right, and, you know, the Chargers gave – they let uh, Phillip Rivers go. So, you know, look, my thing about the Chargers is that they're a really, really talented team. Um, and my problem this year was actually Phillip Rivers. You know, you have Keenan Allen on your team. You have Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. And then you have a solid defense with Joey Bosa. How are you not making the playoffs? Um, so we'll see. I think, you know, they, they don't need a gunslinger. They need someone who can, who can deliver accurate throws and Justin Herbert can be that guy. Um, but going to Tua, you know, I think that Tua, maybe not this year, but eventually he will radically change the NFC East as, as we know it. Um, the last left-handed touchdown thrown was by Des Bryant, okay? So that should tell you how long it's actually been since there was a left-handed quarterback in the NFL. It's been a really, really, really long time since, and since a left-handed quarterback was in the NFL. And I will tell you this. When you're a defense, you every week expect a right-handed quarterback because everyone's that way. You expect them to roll a certain way. Right? Not cross body. So they're always going to be rolling to their right. That's their throwing side. When you change that up, when you force defenders to move to their left, when you switch between the right, right end and the left end, who's going to be the who's going to be the guy coming from behind? That changes everything. All right? Because players are going to be, they're going to have to train one week specifically. Left-handed quarterbacks can make throws that right-handed quarterbacks can't make. Now Normally, this wouldn't be a problem if there wasn't such a deficiency of left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be important. Connor, your take. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think it's a really versatile way. Mm-hmm. Um, as again, you said, even in the world, it's it's a recessive trait. You're not getting many left-handed players, and a lot of defenses won't know how to play against that. Right. I think I think it's going to be undervalued when we get when when it actually comes to playing time. But similarly with both her, Herbert, I would actually recommend starting um from the beginning. Um unless you want to sit in behind Tyra Taylor, again, you know, it's 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 a decision. Um but Tua I would sit behind Fitzpatrick because really you're going to have a lot of rookies on that team and a lot of youngsters. Fitzpatrick, and- you know, not terrible, so you know, that's what I would do. Yeah, but you also want Tua to rest a little bit off of his injury. That's and true, exactly. Dolphins, Dolphins have 90 million cap space and right. plenty for draft picks. They're just trying to build for the future. Exactly, exactly. Um, so then looking at our number seven pick, um, I just want to mention that we, we didn't trade picks, so we weren't trading uh, teams' picks in this draft. Um, we were just going straight up. So just a just disclaimer um, before we keep going. Um, we both had Jeffrey Okuda 
going to the Carolina Panthers. You know, he's the best cornerback in the draft. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, the Carolina defense needs someone, you know, after losing Luke Keekley, they need a star. Hopefully Okuda can be that for them. You know, the defense had, you know, problems, especially in the quarterback cornerback position. So, you know, I think we both concur that this guy is it's gotta be the guy for them. Yeah, and I think the debate for the Panthers were taking like Derek Brown as a D lineman mm-hmm. um, versus Jeff Okuda. But with um, James Bradbury probably wanting a large sum of money as their uh, number one cornerback this offseason, I think you let him go, maybe pick him back up for cheaper in free agency, but you let him go, get Jeff Okuda as your, as your up-and-coming star cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then we moved to the Arizona Cardinals. This is actually the first pick where we really differed. Um, he had Tristan Wirfs, uh, Conrad Tristan Wirfs being picked um, as an offensive lineman. I had C.D. Lamb, a wide receiver from Oklahoma, um, going to the, the Cardinals. Um you know, this is contingent on whether Stefan Diggs leaves the Vikings for the Cardinals. As we know, he was, you know, seen training in a Cardinals shirt. So that's kind of dependent. You know, we're we're still a month and a half out, month out from the draft, so there is gonna be changes between now and then. Um, but regardless, I think Connor and I both can agree that the Cardinals do need a receiver. Um, so it's dependent on whether Diggs leaves for uh, Arizona or not. Yeah, and the main reason I went O-line here is because well, the Cardinals do probably have the worst, one of the worst O-lines in the league, but also because there are the, there are a lot of O-linemen in free agency, expensive ones at that, but there are also a good amount of uh, not star, but pretty good wide receivers that you can mm-hmm. get and build up on. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so moving on. The ninth pick in the draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, or Jaguars, whatever you want to say. Um, I had C.J. Henderson being picked. Um, Connor had Derek Brown, both defense. Um, the reason why I picked Henderson was mainly because the, you know, A.J. Boye left, and basically the Jacksonville Jaguars have no secondary. Um, that was my thing, Connor. What was your reason for picking uh, Derek Brown? Yeah, I have Derek Brown is is probably one of the best defensive players in this draft. Personally, I think he could be a defensive rookie of the year. Um, he did have not the best combine, but it's what I expected. And I also have um, the next Jaguars pick, which is um, down at twenty, I believe. I have them getting um, the next best arguable next best. Yeah, you have had second, next Fulton. Best yeah, yeah, yeah. Fulton. Yeah. So, you know, definitely, definitely something to consider. Um, but again, you know, it's it's what the Jaguars think they need. Um, you know, obviously their defense has had a lot of problems recently, um, among many things for the team. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Obviously, time between now and the draft will let us lead us to know um, just a little bit more about everything that's going to be happening. Um, but regardless of that, Connor and I both have the Jaguars, uh, you know, getting – we actually both have them getting a cornerback and an and a interior defensive lineman. Um, just when is actually the question between that yeah. um, in, in the first round. Um, you know, for 10, the Browns, we both have them picking an offensive lineman. I have them picking Becton, and he has them picking uh, a Willis or Wills. 
But, you know, again, it depends on who picks what above. And, you know, obviously that leads to, you know, this. But we both concur that offensive linemen are needed uh, for the Browns um, because they had some problems with that. You know? Yeah, I don't think there's, there's a there's a four offensive lineman like gap here in this mm-hmm. draft with Andrew Thomas, Jetrick Wills, Mackay Beckton, and then um, right. Tristan Wolfs. But um, past that, there is a couple of stars out there, but nothing like those top four. And the Browns can't wait, I think, in this situation. And they know that at least one of them is going to be left to their pick, most likely. And they have to take a lineman here. Yeah. Um, and then we'll move on to two teams that Connor and I both care about. Um, for Tampa Bay, we actually had the same player, um, Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle for Georgia. Um, regardless of who their QB is going to be, they're you know if they're trying to acquire Tom Brady, they're going to need to incentivize it a little bit by getting an offensive lineman to kind of protect him a little bit. Um, but if it's not Tom Brady, you know, still you know to improve the run game and protect Winston. Maybe give him a little bit more time so he doesn't get thrown into a lot of bad decisions. Um, but either way, we both had them picking uh, an offensive tackle, Andrew Thomas. So, um, And then finally for the Patriots, um, uh, you know, my opinion as a Patriots fan and, you know, is that they're going to need a wide receiver to draw, you know, any quarterback uh, in. Um, yeah, I think that's just the way it's, it's going to end up being. Um, hold on. Sorry. Uh, and so I had them taking uh Justin Jefferson from LSU. Um, I know they took a wide receiver last year in the first round. Um, they took Nikhil Harry. Um, he's you know he's all right. He you know we'll see what happens as he grows. Um, but Justin Jefferson you know is raw talent. Um, you know, he had Joe Burrow thrown to him, so I think that I think that that's a good match. Um, if he goes to New England, um, but I think they'll do. I think they'll need a, a wide receiver, kind of regardless. Um, Connor, on the other hand, had them picking Zach Bond and Edge from Wisconsin. You know, I yeah, yeah. The thing with this draft is this is one of the most wide receiver heavy drafts we've ever seen. So I agree that the Patriots desperately need some. Um, receivers and like a tight end but you have like Thaddeus Moss um mm-hmm. or Albert O for tight ends later and then you have a bunch of receivers like you Chase Claypool on the second round right who had one of the better combines um so I went Zach Bond who mm-hmm. especially with Van Noy asking for so much money yeah Zach Bond does it all they say he's an edge but he also played middle linebacker at Wisconsin he basically was the best pass rusher and he was also very good in coverage mm-hmm. He's just like a two-way player on the linebacker, whether going middle or outside for pass structure coverage. So I think that's a really mm-hmm. uh, Belichick-esque player, having the multi-purpose type players. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think it, it's kind of someone they would look into. For sure. Um, again, we're not going to go through the whole draft, but if you'd like to see both of our mock drafts, I will uh, post them in the description below. Um, we're going to switch gears just a little bit um, and talk about the coronavirus and how it's affecting sports. Um, so obviously, uh, for us last night, so this was Wednesday, March 11th, Rudy Gobert is now the most hated man in America. <laughs> um, you know, 
it's not that he had the coronavirus, um, because you know it's hard to control whether you get it or not, and you know, obviously, you know, Connor and I were talking about this before. It's difficult to actually know if you have it, um, because you know we're at the end of cold and flu season and we're at the beginning of spring, so a lot of people have allergies, so it's hard to tell if you actually have the coronavirus. Um, but the actions of what Rudy Gobert did after that is why he's the most hated man in America. Um, Connor, your take. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do agree that with him, that Corona is kind of blown out of proportion at this point, Mm -hmm. but, um, like saying it doesn't matter and like touching microphones and stuff. Um, and eventually getting it because of that um, significant irony there. I think, yeah, yeah he, he, he kind of kind of hurt his reputation in a sense. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I think that the NBA, you know, their decision was a, a good one, seeing as, you know, now, as we've already mentioned, Donovan Mitchell has the coronavirus. Um, and and probably- one, one big player that um, ended up with the, "Quote unquote flu," but some people suspect there might be more than that. Was Steph Curry? He was one of the biggest names in the NBA, right? Um, so we really don't know. Um, I think the NBA commissioner Adam Silver made the right call um, in suspending the season, um, not necessarily ending the season. Um, I think they'll pick it up. Worst case scenario, in my eyes, is that they just don't do summer league and end up finishing the season. Then, um, that's you know worst case scenario, in my opinion. Um, I think they'll end up finishing the season. So you Bucks fans with, you know, wanting your, your NBA championship trophy, you'll probably get it, you know, assuming the season, <laughs> assuming the season I mean, gets back on. Um, I mean, if, if we do delay the season in summer, watch out for the look and that's coming in with Katie and Kyrie back just for playoff time. Yeah. You know, it's definitely going to change everything. They might shorten the season. Um, but you know, just something to keep an eye on. Um, but I think they made the right call. Obviously, with the NHL, um, no word from them yet. No word from the commissioner. Um, obviously, I've been highly critical of the NBA's uh, commissioner uh, in the past. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, I do think they'll end up suspending the season and then playing it a little bit later on, similar to basketball. Um, finally, one last thing I want to touch on uh, is uh, the March Madness and how there are no fans. Um, extremely disappointing. Um, you know, it's the right call, obviously, for the safety of the players. Um, and Connor and I, and I hope you all understand that that's the right call. Um, but it's sad because fans really do create an atmosphere for March Madness. Yeah, I completely agree. Like a bunch of these, um, a bunch of the hype around March Madness mm-hmm. is in the atmosphere that the fans create. I just don't think we'll see the same type of thing. And mm-hmm. I guess there's less pressure on a bunch of these players. You won't see as many, in my prediction, you won't see probably as many upsets. Yeah, um, definitely will affect how the games are played, for sure. And no, t- and no team really, um, I guess they still could, but I don't think any team can really go on that miracle one with all the fans cheering for them behind them right with the hype just no. in these empty um, stadiums yeah it's definitely going to be a very very interesting year 2020 so far has been a mess um to say the least um through three months uh we had we almost went into world war three 
Kobe Bryant died. Um, now the world is suffering from a pandemic. Um, sports are canceled. You know, teams are shutting down tennis for the season, spring sports. Um, with luck, our high school season will be saved, um, not just for tennis, but for baseball and lacrosse as well. Especially lacrosse. This is the only year we're supposed to be one of the, the, the one of the good teams. The states. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, in my opinion, with high school sports, I think they will end up going back on, at least in Massachusetts. Um, I hope so, at least. Um, just because I think the coronavirus will die down by, in my opinion, hopefully by as soon as possible, but probably at least by early April, I would say, um, at the latest, because that you know that's a you know three weeks from today. Um, so the season might be shortened, but worst case scenario, I think is obviously that we don't play. But I think the high school seasons will play. So hopefully, something to look forward to. Um, one last thing to mention: I am doing a March Madness bracket pool bracket group um it's the master plan you should see it uh, i'll post in the link in the, in the description below um come join no word on whether it's going to be a, whether there's going to be a prize or not um there is no cost to enter um it's just for fun um if there's a prize um i will be paying the prize out so it is of no cost to any of you um so please join that um and we'll have a lot of fun um you know, this episode, you know, is going to be posted today, March 12th, and hopefully I'll get one out tomorrow, uh, you know, Friday the 13th. Um, and we'll, we'll, I'll constantly keep up updating on the coronavirus, um, but we'll kind of stay away from it uh, because that's not what this is about. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the ninth episode of The Master Plan next week. Our next episode is actually the 10th episode, so we're going to be having a party for that. Not actually. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, uh, and have a great day. Looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He tries one. Deep left field. That goes up to him. Back near the wall. It's out of here.